1: For one more beer
0: for me Exile means quality So savagely
1: HM Podcast, I'm John Miller along with Steve Day. Steve, let's dip into some Iowa basketball, recording this on Monday, the 28th day of January, the day after Iowa lost at Minnesota, and Iowa trailed by 16, uh, mid to mid to late in that game in the second half. Um, they came back and and were down just four points when Tyler Cook decided he wanted to dribble the ball all the way up the court. and. Uh, was turned over at that point in time, and Minnesota was able to hold on. And, and really, you know, about I don't know, 15, 16 minutes left to go in the game with Iowa down 9 or 10. Um, fray McCaffrey had seen enough of the defense of the starting line and took all four of the starters out, uh, replaced them with Connor McCaffrey, Riley Till, uh, Ryan Creener, uh, gosh, uh, Meshe Daly, and I, I maybe Nicholas Baer. I think that was the five that played for the next five minutes, which you know was roughly 25 percent of a half. Uh, you know they didn't necessarily give up a ton the, the, the score didn't widen out, but that is not a team that's going to put a ton of points on the board. Uh, I, I basically tweeted, "Is this the uh, we give up lineup?" to which um, Riley Till's sister Claire Till did not really care for that also right uh, George Kittle. George Kittle's fiance, uh, they didn't care for that one, so she let me know uh it was that 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 wasn't a commentary on the players uh it was a commentary on the coach putting uh, a group of players on the floor can't score I know those guys can get and make their get their own shot off um so I I don't know man it it was I I get coaches try to send messages and one game in a 20 game schedule uh you know when you still have 10 left isn't gonna likely make or break you that defensive effort if you want to call it an effort was pretty horrible. So what did you think after watching that?
0: Well, uh, um, the Minnesota game, you had to know you were in trouble when you shot 60% and a half, including six of nine from three, and you're down by nine. You know, uh, I think Minnesota had three guys that get 20 points or two, and then maybe one got 19 That's probably against quality opposition, the best offensive game Minnesota's played all year. Uh, What I did like is unlike against Michigan State, now it's a different caliber of opponent, of course, but you're also on the road, so that balances it out somewhat. What I did like is you took Minnesota's best punch and came back and punched back and really had the momentum in the game late until that uh, hero ball turnover By Tyler Cook so that's good also good is you know heading into this year if we would have gone into we're talking about going into February now and if if we would have said going into February Iowa would be top 30 in Ken Palm and also the net rankings uh, spent most of the year in the AP top 25 we would have said Great, right? We would have said that. Yeah. Okay. So, there's that. This is why you. Got, this is why I've got our Iowa fans arguing with each other within the big, bigger ten Twitter feed. Because if you're looking at a broader view of the season, then you have the perspective that I just articulated. If you're looking at the broader view of the program. Then you're asking yourself, yes, we are really improved defensively, but we're 127th in the nation in defense. Just to put that in perspective in this league, Illinois is the next worst defense at 72. So, yes, Iowa is dramatically improved defensively from where they were a year ago, but this is, it's not even close. This is the worst defensive team in the Big Ten. And there is no close second. And when I go down the list of teams below Iowa that are in the Power Five, um, you know, that have worse defenses than the Hawkeyes do, Boston College, Oregon State, uh, Georgetown might be a bubble team right now with the win they just got against St. John's, DePaul, although that's actually the American Conference. So West Virginia having the worst year they've had in 20 years. I mean, that's not good company. I was in, in the Power Five. So I think a lot of this comes down to what are your overall expectations for the program? Are you seeing it as this season as a broader view? Are you seeing it as where the program is at in a broader view? Because I don't think they're really a contender to win a championship playing playing basketball like this. But I can see the argument that and, – and this is probably better coming from you than me because I don't want it – I really don't want it to sound patronizing. But I can see the argument of we're Iowa, we haven't won a Big Ten title since 1979, we play an entertaining brand of basketball. On any given night, you know, we can post some big wins. We're ranked in the top 25, kind of know your role a little bit. But I'm always hesitant to tell fans, like, you know, Iowa State – is twelfth right now in the net rankings? Iowa beat them, and I know Iowa State had several guys that were out. But I listened to Jeff Goodman, formerly of ESPN, now of Stadium Sports today on a national show, and when he when they asked him for teams that are off, you know, outside of the Big Seven, Michigan State, Michigan, Duke, Kentucky, uh, Virginia,
1: Tennessee. Uh,
0: Tennessee and Gonzaga. Who who was another team that he thought could win six in a row? He threw out their Iowa State. Now, I I have no idea. If I'm an Iowa fan, I'm wondering, I have no idea how Iowa State can be that good, and we can't be. So I I don't know that there's a definitive answer, and I can see why it is the cause for so much division in your fan base. And then I think the fact that that there's a bit of an identity-slash-vision crisis is amplified by the personality of the coach along the lines of what you just articulated, because it's not, it's irascible. It's incendiary. It's, it's not likable. It's not a rallying to persona. It's it's so it's one thing. If you're going to put up Dr. Tom, like seasons, and then it's another thing though, if you're going to do it with a Bobby Knight jr. Act, you know? And so that's where a lot of fans then start saying, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna act like douchebags, then we should probably win more, you know. So, I, that, I'm I'm kind of just reflection a reflection of the conversation happening in the bigger ten Twitter feed right now. That you're you're certainly more qualified to uh, you know pronounce the verdict upon than I am. I'm I'm just I'm looking at this as an interested observer, but not emotionally invested. But I'm intellectually fascinated to see the varying arguments that are kind of playing out right now.
1: Well, I, I, think, I think at a time like this, actually, it's better to be at an arm's length and not emotionally connected. Because emotionally emotional connections tend to cloud the waters. Because as you were talking, I went and looked at Iowa's uh, schedule, what they had to start the Big Ten season. Home against Wisconsin at Michigan State. At best, I was thinking 1-1 one one, at best. At Purdue, felt that was a loss. Home against Nebraska, and coming into this season, both of us thought Nebraska was a team that could win the Big Ten Championship because of the They're make-up. still
0: in the top 25 in Ken Palm, Nebraska is.
1: Yeah, and that's with a bunch of bad losses. Um, then at Northwestern, thought that was a win. Um, home against Ohio State, at Penn State and home against Illinois, I felt two and one at best. Home against Michigan State, felt that was a loss, and at Minnesota, felt that was a loss. That's five and five, and that's exactly what they are—is five and five. And they're five and five, playing better defense than a year ago, as you articulated, but certainly not great, as you also articulated. And thirtieth in the Ken Palm, you're talking about a seven-eight seed right now, and in most. You know, bracketography or bracketologies I look at right now have Iowa about in that range. So yes, I do think everyone would have signed up for that. Not to mention Iowa went four and fourteen last year in Big Ten play. They are five and five. They were five and three. They started out sixteen and three. That is the second time in the Fran McCaffrey era that they've had in their first uh, 19 games, winning 16. That's the fourth time it's happened in 30 years. And all of this as I'm talking makes me want to ask myself, dude, what the hell is your problem? What What are you getting so irritated by? As I was watching them play Minnesota, I think you also hit on another point that maybe I hadn't given enough... Conscious consideration to I like Fran McCaffrey The Fran McCaffrey interacting with him Fran McCaffrey in press conferences That are not game press conferences uh, The Fran McCaffrey that I Remember after last year's season We were waiting for three, four, five guys To, to leave the program hmm. Nope, the only person to leave the program Left to go to Drake so that he could play Only one Cordell Pemsel didn't leave Tyler Cook came back Uh, I mean, Ryan Creener didn't leave Maisie Daly didn't leave A number of people that were rumored to Maybe be leaving They didn't They all came back So it clearly tells me That they're engaged and plugged in with their coach But As you put When Fran McCaffrey is acting He was begging for a technical Against Minnesota His 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 tantrums, his frantrums, whatever you want to call it, it it gets embarrassing at points. And I also know that some people will say, well, wait a second. Kirk Ferentz is too stoic. Fran McCaffrey is the opposite. I get it. I've never had a problem with Kirk's demeanor. And Fran's demeanor, I think, I think it's wearing me out a little bit. Doesn't mean that yeah. I think he's a bad coach. I think he's a, re- a really good identifier of diamond in the rough talent. But it, it's it's grating a little bit.
0: I think it grates on you. What is this, year nine for France? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Tom started in 87. He left in 99. So what's that, 12 years? 13 years. Okay. How many years? 13. 13. So I think it's actually pretty commiserate when you look at today's social media age. I mean, I, w- I was writing a feature on the first full-time Sports Talk radio station in Iowa for the Des Moines Register, spending a day at Prairie Meadows with Marty Terrell and Ken Miller in 1998, okay? So today's social media environment, um, it's like dog years. You're basically, it's 1.5 to 2 years for every year before this environment because everything is intensified and amplified. So it's essentially the same length of time as the Dr. Dr. Tom era, given today's media environment, but here's the difference. Nothing significant has been accomplished. I was not been ranked number one in the country. I was not been to the elite eight. I was not been to a sweet 16. I mean, nothing significant has been accomplished, nothing. And so in a way, it's everything about the Dr. Tom era that you like and none of the stuff that you did. Um, You know, you're not following B.J. Armstrong into the NBA um, you know, it's just so. It, it's just kind of meh. Um, and when you look at, and I, and I think I, I see this in my producer, Aaron, who's a lifelong Iowa fan. And you know, Aaron, he was he was he was just done with the Michigan State loss when I came into work the next morning. And it wasn't the loss. It was the fact that, and it wasn't even the. And, and as I listened to what he was articulating, I realized. His issue wasn't even a twenty-four to two run. Michigan State did that to Purdue yesterday too. The only difference is Purdue had a much bigger cushion than Iowa did, so they could hold on. But it wasn't even the twenty-four to two. It's that it became forty to seventeen. It's that Iowa never punched back. It's that you didn't see the fiery, you know, cranky or orangeness of the of the disposition of the coach. It's watching. You mentioned the official for the Big Ten yesterday going out of his way. Almost to talk to Fran like he's a child is what I saw when I watched the game. Like we both know yes. what you're doing here. Yeah. I'm not gonna give you what you want. Go take your rattler. Here's here's a licorice, you know, here's an orange slice, you know, you'd go over there. And then even went back to talk to him again. And you could just tell by his demeanor, he had no he was never gonna tee him up. He was never gonna give him the satisfaction for his contrivance. And so when when you don't have significance, here's the thing. We all have idiosyncrasies in any relationship that grow on you after a while, okay? When the relationship is fulfilling, and this is true of a marriage, of a sports team, any human, any human relationship of any depth. When the relationship has moments of significance, they're quirks. When the relationship has moments but lack significance, they're annoying contrivances. And that's where Iowa basketball fan is right now. You know, Kirk, Kirk Behrens saying the other day, I do not even—I've never even visited the NCAA transfer portal, which is about where one third of the players are right now. All right, that's adorable because he finished number eight in the country three times and won a big, and won a couple Big Ten titles. Right? Because he was because he was six inches away from going to the college football playoff a few years ago and went 12 and 0. Boy, that cantankerous Kirk Barron, that old school Kirk Barron, that old dog. Boy, that's, that's the most Kirk Barron thing ever. Isn't that guy old school? Just funny. They gone seven and five last three years in a row. He said never the transfer portal. Oh, man, that's why we got to get a coach. Welcome to the 21st century, bro. What the hell, man? That's the thing, okay? That's what's going on. There's nothing of significance really has happened. The best that he did that he can do is get – He is is the best we can say about Fran McCaffrey is that he got Iowa basketball back to the baseline of what it was for 25 years before Steve Alford wrecked it. That's, that's all he's done. He returned Iowa to its baseline. I think it's pretty obvious, given the, culture, the coaching talent in this league right now, the likelihood that he will be, get it, be able to get it beyond that point is extremely low. wouldn't say it's impossible. I would just say it's not very possible. And so I think that's where Iowa fans probably feel stuck, which is we're back to where we were. Now, if you're my producer, Aaron, who's 26 years old, all he knows is Steve Alford wrecking the program, you know. So he's got even less patience because he 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 doesn't resonate with blowing leads to UNLV or beating Duke at Carver Hawkeye Arena, coming off a national champion. He doesn't resonate with any, he doesn't he not resonate with Les Jepson throwing bounce passes and beating the Fab Five after the Chris Street death. He doesn't know about any of that stuff. He didn't live through it, you know. So you're if you're an older fan, you're disappointed that. Um, the best we can do now after nine years is get the program back to our baseline expectation of where it was for the 20 years before Steve Alford got here. Uh, and if you're a younger Iowa fan, you're like, why the hell am I listening to sports talk shows talk about Iowa State can win a national championship? And we just punked their ass. And and did we? by the way, did we mention their Iowa State? So I think that's the dilemma. And I think this is where the idiosyncrasies, because there's, there isn't anything that's significant that's happened in this relationship. They're, they're not quirks. They're contrivances. And one is adorable and, de- and endearing, and the other is annoying and grates on you. And that's where you're at right now, probably, if you're an Iowa fan, the latter.
1: Yeah, probably so. Um, you know, The Iowa State thing's pretty easy. They do a good job of recruiting guards. Iowa doesn't. I mean, Tyler Cook he had a Kansas offer, Luca Garza had a Louisville offer among others. I mean, Patrick McCaffrey, I mean, th- these are all players that that highly recruited in their in their own regard, but they're big men. And that's what if he's You done. mentioned
0: the guards. The pardon me, John, the, the two games Michigan State played this week illustrates your point. The adjustment that Iowa had to make on Thursday night or on Tuesday night the adjustment they had to make is they needed more dribble penetration. They were putting too much pressure on their bigs. See, the problem you have with Luca Garza, and I made the comparison to Mo Wagner, not just because of his game, but Mo Wagner didn't like playing any defense either. He just got away with it because we had Xavier Simpson playing on the points. And so all we needed Mo, Mo Wagner to do was to was to, was to flash out on, on, on screens, um, hedge on screens, but he couldn't play any perimeter defense either. So the problem with Luca Garza is your best in, interior offensive weapon really can't stop anybody down there. Jordan Murphy can get any shot he wanted. I think Jordan Murphy just dunked again. He got any position he wanted and shot he wanted. Same thing with Nick Ward and, everybody, and all the Michigan State guys the other night. So the So what Iowa State needed to, or what Iowa needed to do is they needed more penetration in the backcourt and then from the backcourt and then they needed more perimeter defense to put more pressure on the ball if you watch the purdue game on sunday when when michigan state made their great run it wasn't carson edwards that brought purdue back they were all over him it was the it was the second leading scorer the white guy with the beard his name i can't remember who was created and it wasn't just him shooting ymca threes he was taking michigan state guys off the dribble creating his own mid-range shot and hitting big shots and then it was that noel eastern a couple times they fouled him because he's a poor free throw shooter other times he attacked the basket off the bounce Iowa doesn't really have that player all right and and so the adjustment that Iowa needed to make when Michigan State ramped up the defense and the and the shot opportunities weren't as available as they were in the first part of the game they don't have the personnel to make that kind of an adjustment. There's no bigger fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes than Iowa's premier dish retailer, Big Dog Satellite and Solar. If you can't watch live, there's no better way to record every game than the hopper from Dish. Search or call Big Dog today and ask for the Hawkeye Tailgater Special.
1: No, they don't. The only time they've had that player really in the McCaffrey era was Devin Marble, and he was somebody that um, they were very fortunate that, that you know, he turned out to be the way that he was, and they certainly have a hand in that development. But he was a very lightly recruited, uh, very lightly recruited player. So, yeah, it, it's it's a frustrating position. It's a frustrating position. But they're five and five. They've got ten games left. Why don't you get your hands out? You can count probably one hand for the wins, one hand for the losses, maybe one or the other. Why don't you give me your quick take the rest of the way? Mich- at home against at home against Michigan Friday.
0: I think that's a terrible situation for Michigan. Uh, they're they're coming off of a huge rivalry game on Tuesday night against Ohio State. You go on the road again on a Friday night. An Iowa team that's had an entire week to be smarting about this. Um, and, and, and everything is going, going to go into that game for Iowa. It's really their back-against-the-wall desperation spot. So I'm going to say that's one of the only two or three games Michigan loses the rest of the season.
1: Okay, I'm going loss. Um, at Indiana...
0: That's one of your beloved loser-leaf town matches, man. <laughs> I mean, um, you know what? I'm going to give them a loss there, win or lose to Michigan, because I think it's a major letdown spot after that home game against the Wolverines.
1: Home against Northwestern. I'm going to go lost, That's, by the way, at Indiana.
0: Yeah, I, they're going to beat Northwestern at home.
1: Okay. Um, Rutgers. Too many. O- the-
0: they have too many offensive options for Northwestern.
1: Rutgers on the road.
0: They're going to win that game. Too many offensive. If you look at all the big games, Rutgers has won so far. They've all been it with the. And I'm going to throw the Maryland game out because it was it was at a neutral court. All right, with the Ohio State. Then the, well, I can't remember the other game they won. Those are teams that have are limited to just one or two major options offensively. I'm going to pick Iowa.
1: Okay, um, Maryland at home. I'm going with Iowa and Rutgers too.
0: I want to see who Maryland plays before that game.
1: Hang on. Um, There's a click come up, so everybody chill out. Um, they play at Michigan.
0: And then they come home for Iowa?
1: No, it's at Iowa.
0: All right. If you look this year, every team in the Big Ten this year that has had to play back-to-back road games has lost the second game straight up every time, including Michigan State at home or on the road to Purdue yesterday. So I'll take Iowa.
1: Okay, um, home against Indiana, I'm going to win.
0: I'll go a win there, yeah.
1: All right, um, at Ohio State, I'm going to go loss.
0: That's a game where I think the personnel m- mismatches in favor of Iowa, the coaching mismatch is in favor of Ohio State. Uh, I'll take Ohio State in a mild upset.
1: Okay, um, Rutgers at home, that's a win win at wisconsin that's a loss loss and then at nebraska i'm gonna say loss
0: i'm gonna say that might be for nebraska's shot to get in the ncaa tournament so loss
1: all right so you have them going six and four and i have them five and five and i think in i i think in both of those scenarios they're in the ncaa they're tournament. In the
0: tournament yeah I, 11 and 9 is what i picked for them in my big 10 preseason picks which is I think then that that's what I have them finishing in what do. we just did. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it, 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 10 and 10 and 11 and 9, anybody that does that in this league in 20 games is getting in the tournament I believe.
1: So what did we just spend 25 minutes on?
0: What we spent 25 minutes on is Iowa fan is doing the time warp again. And so there's this uh, it, it there's here's the thing, you're in the you're in the worst no man's land as a fan base. You you cannot rise above your baseline expectation for your program. And given the two coaching hires prior to this guy and the AD still in charge, by the way, let's not fact, let's not forget that factor. Does anybody want to take, run? does anybody, if, if, listen, if you want to run, if you want to roll the dice with Gary Bar to hire another basketball coach, then I got a indoor rainforest in Cedar Rapids. Chuck Grassley wants, once wanted to have the taxpayers pay for it to sell you. All right. So, if you're an Iowa fan, that's kind of the worst of both worlds. You don't trust the AD to make a move. You wouldn't want him to make a move, this AD to make a move if he wanted to. Um, on the other hand, you know, the, your program's relevant. It's successful. It's just not significant. And there's really no hope in the immediate future that it will become, a, it, it'll evolve from successful to significant. So you're, you're kind of that, you're, you're the Cincinnati Bengals, man, under Marv Lewis. You make the playoffs eight years in a row and then don't win a game the whole time you make them. That's kind of what Iowa Fan feels like right now.
1: All right. If you think differently or agree or whatever, you can find us on Twitter. You know the digits. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.